An unvarnished, unfiltered document of the true creative process. Episode 6 Dreamland Diaries, Day 12. Today, the Pixies embark on a final round of backing tracks, five of them in total. With a need for a solid rhythm foundation on which the rest of the band can build, the focus is therefore largely on drummer David Lovering. Dave's just been like looking at his drum kit and then walking that way. I didn't want a time lapse. And then looking at the time lapse of today. He just keeps looking at it. He's just shaking his head. Yeah. They're having a serious conversation right now. Yeah. I hope they're not breaking up or something. David may not be the most vociferous of band members in the studio, but he was probably the most frequent presence in the control room when not playing. He was frequently to be found sat along the cushion bench that lined the back wall, beanie in place keeping the cold at bay, listening intently to proceedings. And when not in the studio, chances were that he was off indulging on one or more of his many hobbies slash obsessions. Talk to him about these, and David comes alive, quickly blinding you with science, not anything but silent. A few years older than Jerry and Charles, David grew up in Burlington, Massachusetts, about half an hour from Boston. Basically, it was the woods all behind us in miles in different directions, all there, ponds and stuff like that. And so the woods, that's where everything I played was those woods were mine, or, or I'm sure there was other kids. There wasn't a lot of other kids, but that's, that was my place that I played and had a dirt bike and just, I enjoyed metal detecting. I metal detected every piece of, every inch of those woods completely over. Over. Saw a lot of animals there, built forts, fished, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was, it was, one, it was a great neighborhood to grow up in. In the suburbs, the thing was to go to, like, at Boston Garden, which is the major mm-hmm. arena. You'd see the big shows that come there. And the only things I saw was, gosh, what was it, Jethro Tull? That was my first show, Jethro Tull. I didn't go to any clubs, not until I was in the Pixies or something like that. That was when I started seeing bands. All before that, no. It was just those shows like Rush, Jet Hotel, and Sticks. I can't think of anybody else that I saw. The first song on the slate for the day is currently going by no less than three working titles. Hear Me Out, Mysterians, and Sweet Relief. It's one of a few that Charles either wrote or completed on the studio's high-tech Lowry Stardust. And given the organ's programmed drum sounds, it necessitates a discussion about the Pixies' intended rhythm. Did you say something to Dave about the feel of the song? Yeah, I said it would be cool if it was kind of mainly on ride rather than doing... Because I feel like the feel, his intuition is to play a little bit like the other song, which is the gallop. And I'm wondering if we can go a little bit just like do do ta ta do do ta ta. Okay. I was a, a skid, and I hung out with uh, kind of the other skids. I would go out and hide and smoke pot and out, outdoors and all that stuff. Skid. That was the nick. That was the name in my town. 
Skids and jocks. Skids is like the stoners. Just for right now, just like that, you know. Just to- I think maybe even even simpler that I I I I wasn't saying a gallop thing. I, I oh, think okay. it should be dum da dum dum da dum okay. da dum dum. Like it should feel okay. like it's flying. Okay. You know. Yeah. Okay. David's lifestyle as what we might call an inquisitive stoner did lead to one particularly profitable discovery, with a close escape to follow. There was a, like, you know these dilapidated houses you see around? There was one across the way in the woods. And me and my, my friend and I, we got into it and we're rummaging around. We find some boards to go and we pick them up. And there's a huge backpack in there. And it's filled to the brim with weed. It's just all rolled out. So it's just monster. It's like, are you kidding? This is what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> So we, t- I just started, it was in the wintertime, so we're just filling our parkas. And I was selling it, and I was kind of, you know, that's all I was doing, was selling it up at the pinball the place and wherever I hung out. And then one of the guys, I think, uh, I got ratted on. <laughs> but I remember there were a whole carload of kids coming around looking for me and everything like that. And they really weren't in the neighborhood, but they had used this place or whatever. So that was it, and I got away with it for months until they were hunting me down. <laughs> But the funny thing was, nothing ever happened. There was no retribution, nothing. I never had to bring weed back or anything. The only thing I had to do was pay the kid who was going to tell on me, one of these guys, give him a joint a week. I've been, I've been sort of encouraging Joey to sort of use these um, run-throughs as an opportunity to kind of mess around and, and mess with stuff. So if you want, if you guys you could just t- turn him out of your mixers. So he has carte blanche to go nuts. Then he doesn't distract you. That might be cool. As long as he doesn't do too many of those wolf whistle things. <laughs> I love pot. I love pot. I don't see anything really wrong with it mm-hmm. being a, a kind of a natural yep. kind of thing like that. And really nothing else. And again, I didn't even drink alcohol until I was in the Pixies 30 or I was 28 or something. I never got drunk until probably the Pixies. As is his custom when Charles has yet to finalize lyrics for a song, he scats some catchphrases during Sweet Relief, enjoying himself in the process. Uh, here we instrumental, uh. Verse one and... I had drum teachers all going up and I had school and stuff like that. That taught me technique and stuff like that. But it was just from playing at home and records that I could 
figure out stuff or emulate stuff. So when I was with the Pixies, the first, if I think if you listen maybe to Come On Pilgrim or stuff that we were playing early on, it's really busy. It's really yeah. busy. And what does Neil Peart do? <laughs> and that's what I was doing. It was all that stuff. This has just been an evolution of it to where I'm at now, where I don't do anything now. <laughs> I'll just keep the beat and I'm going to watch everything. And then was maybe if this and this and that, I'll do that. But it's not as busy or nothing like it was in the start at all. It's feeling good. Dave, can you start throwing in some wild fills? I just soiled myself. <laughs> That's fantastic. Do you have a favorite Pixies album? Surfer Rosa is my favorite, yeah. That was the first time going into a recording studio for real. I mean, we went into one before, which was, which was, um, Ford Apache, which was a demo that we went in there. Still, that was an experience. That was that was so cool. We were over there for the weekend for three days recording those demos. I thought it went quite well. But then we got a record deal because of Come On Pilgrim, or because of that those demos. And we were going to go into an actual, real 16-track studio in Boston called Q Division. Now, we're, we're young. I'm 25 or whatever. These are the songs we've been playing around that as a baby band, maybe it's I'm looking back on it's nostalgia too that I like it a lot because of that. These songs were early on, maybe they're kind of indicative of what we are or our sound, but because of the, the ease of how the recording, that whole experience and the songs that we did, Sufferos is my favorite, it is, it is. Your bones got a little machine With Sweet Relief, a.k.a. Mysterians, a.k.a. Hear Me Out, successfully secured, the group moves on to another new song, currently called Birdie, and eventually to make it onto Beneath the Eerie as Bird of Prey. The group's first run-through coincides with the arrival of band manager Richard Jones. The Pixies have been recording behind closed doors for the past two weeks, and this brief visit is Richard's first. So this is called I Have Your Mark, which is a... Another brand new one. Oh, right. The new one as of as of the last 24 hours. Yeah, I, I literally heard it at midnight last night. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> he worked on the lyrics last night, haven't heard it. Mm. Imagine if the sort of drum delivery kind of was a bit like Love Shuffle. Cats. Right. Like The Cure, you know. Right. Kind of that kind of shuffly glam, glam rock kind of feel, you know. Got me.
broken bone With a twist of my snout Now the cover's blown You buried me but I climbed out You stole my tomorrow Come forward today Stole it when you stole my yesterday To the ref now Do you have a favorite Pixies track? Yeah, I think it's from Trompe Monde now. It's changed, but I think it's from. I think it's called Space. And the only reason I think it's my favorite track is because I've been listening to it lately in the last two years. We haven't played it since recording it. It's like, how the heck did I come up with that or anyone play that? It's just, that's way complicated. It's just, I cannot believe it. It's just, whoa. It's, but it sounds great. It's, when I listen to it, I'm just, I think it's going to be playing. Yeah, that's not me, but I guess it is. <laughs> David looks back on his first time around with the Pixies as a period of great joy. He reminisces fondly about all aspects of it, the travel, the work, the recording, the acclaim. It's all wonderful, then we break up. When we broke up, I had played little bits here and there, and then I gave up drums. I didn't want to play drums again. I, I didn't have a drum set I, I, for 10 years. I had played with Cracker. And that was still fun like that, That uh, for what that run was. I did some session work. But again, when all those things subsided, it was just like, I, I just gave it up. It was nothing I think could equal the Pixies or what I had with the Pixies. It's sounding great. Because I, th I think the drums should be like relatively just kind of constant throughout this one, just doing that groove. Maybe it, like a, cu a couple of gentle crashes here and there. Dave's really, really nailing that 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 groove. So maybe just have everyone just like pace. I'll pace chill out. I get the message. <laughs> Ease off, there, partner. So and also, I was an engineer. I was an electronic engineer. I had been so far away from that for the number of years, I couldn't go back and do that. There were young kids that were younger and brighter than me. So at that point, I'm just you know, this was 1990. I don't know what time, maybe 95, 96, or something like this. I had to think of what to do. <laughs> it's a tough gig. So I was doing birthday parties and all the the, the whole things, doing theater shows and stuff like that. And even though I had gigs and stuff like that, it wasn't it wasn't enough to pay the bills and stuff. So it was very fortuitous. It was very, very lucky that we got back together in 2004. Right. I wouldn't have to think of something else or... So the last the last two takes of Dave were, were, were great. Okay. So, yeah, let's leave it there for now. What it was is I saw a magic trick, a professional magic trick by a magician do something at a magic convention in Los Angeles, which just blew me away. I've never seen good magic. And this was just something that killed me. And because of that, I had to learn everything. So I did everything, uh, classes, 
join the Magic Castle, everything to become a professional magician. I think I might be doing another trick soon, Dave, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think, I think, you know, like, I don't want to kind of use up all your good stuff. <laughs> Magic, because you get a one-on-one. You get, you get in a situation where you're, you're dealing, and it builds your confidence. From doing magic, I built my confidence. I couldn't say I was, I was probably quiet and stuff like that, but the confidence that I got from, from magic changed me completely. Where I can, you can tell me, I'll do public speaking right now. I can do anything in front of an audience now because of all what a magic has given me. The group now moves on to a completely fresh take of Los Surfers Muertos, at a different tempo than the version they recorded a few days ago. The most moody of the songs that will make it onto Beneath the Eerie, it requires a straightforward groove from the drummer. Playing with restraint is the mark of a professional, and Dave delivers on demand. Great, that was that was pretty much a flawless take from Dave there. So, I'm happy with that. What I learned from being at the Magic Castle, learned from magic, is the best thing that you can do if you're going to do a stage show is be yourself. Don't try to be something that you're not like that. you got to be yourself. So what myself is, I'm all science and stuff like that. So I donned a lab coat and I started doing physics experiments. And I call myself a scientific phenomenalist. So... A lot of the magic that I have wasn't magic, like cards or anything like that. These were things that I, devices that I built, all electronic things, all props and things that that did stuff. What I'm doing is crazy physics experiments, where then I start incorporating the magic into it as it goes on. It's meant as a science show. I'm sure people knew that it was a magic show too, but I'm trying to not um, pretend it's a science show with crazy stuff. So that's the way it went for a number of years, until... um, until the band got back together. <laughs> David's drumming skills should be self-evident from this particular day in the studio. It's obvious that playing with Pixies means the world to him. But it's not everything in his life. In a separate conversation in the studio dining room, he elaborated in detail on his many hobbies. By his own admission, David is someone who never gets bored. All my hobbies have to do with hunting and searching. And as I've said, I'm a drummer. That's not hunting or searching. No, I'm a magician. That's not hunting or searching. But everything else I do, these are the things that, that encompass my life right now. It's metal detecting. I've been doing metal detecting since I was a kid. I grew up in New England and just all the history there, just got, that got me. So I've been doing it ever since I was a kid until the day I die, I will metal detect. It's probably my favorite. It is my favorite hobby of all because I'm out in the middle of nowhere, always in an idyllic place, you know, and I get to say Eureka all the time. 
Wasting no time, the Pixies now move on to backing track number four. Death Horizon is the song that Charles wrote on the Lowry three nights ago, and then regaled Tom with throughout overdubs on the following day. Let's do Horizon. But I'd like to do this, I'd like to get Charles to do a guide in this room, and then we'll figure out the arrangement and record, record drums and bass afterwards. Cool, thanks. Just look at us two Asleep at the beach Waikiki So I find it very surprising He's coming to you But I'm thankful that he Helped me to see Natalie Merchant hates the Pixies. Oh, yeah? Oh, really? How come? Well, what's, what's the story there? She went to a show, uh, Gary Smith, who produced um, Fort Apache, this is a long time ago, was friends with Natalie Merchant, so he brought her, this was years ago, to a yeah. Pixie show. And she was just like, I gotta get this off, I gotta get out of here, this is awful. Right. <laughs> well, her loss. Electronics. I'm big into radio. All my shortwave radios I've done since a kid. All my high frequency, my VLF, my VHF, my UHF radios, all that. I'm searching. I'm searching for those hard to find stations or those clandestine stations or the military stations or pirate stations, things that are very hard to find. Uh, we're just saying in here it'd be nice just to acknowledge that little six bar turnaround with a fill, Dave. Right. We're done. Um, what else? Scorpions. I now live in a place where there's scorpions around. Um, or when I used to go to the desert, scorpions. And to find scorpions, it ties in with something else that I have. Because I collect fluorescent minerals. Minerals that fluoresce. <laughs> it's exactly what it says. But um, those minerals are very hard to find. There's not many places among, among the world where these come from. The majority of them come from New Jersey. When David turned 57 a few days earlier, bassist Paz had remarked that she likes to work on her birthday. Today, she gets her wish. There's barely time to stop and smell the roses that have shown up at the studio. I have no idea who sent those flowers. Did you do it? Did anyone in this room do it? Those doors there? The, the no, the flowers. Oh, sorry. I have no idea who sent them. Was it you? <laughs> okay, the ghost of the chapel. 
Secret yeah, Admirer. It's, it's like Just Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Probably my mother. I have to admit, probably the best time to eat cake. Is it after playing some rock and roll? Sweet cake. No, it's good right now. But sort of in the morning, first thing. You haven't had anything else and you're totally hungry. Yeah. And there's like leftover cake from the night, day before. Yeah. It's a piece of cake. Piece of cake. With, you know, maybe a glass of milk or something. But, yeah. or, but even oh, better, yeah. like if you were going to be even more hardcore about it, just like a really cold beer. Yeah. <laughs> cake and beer. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done that. I think I maybe might have I'm to. Thinking, I'm just in my head right now. I'm doing that. I'm also done a couple of times. What about nail day? Um, a little beer. Bats. I'm, I am. I. I love bats. I love birds of prey. To find bats, I built my own bat detectors. So over the years, I built different types of bat detectors that work on different principles, and I would go out and just and listen to bats. The last song to be recorded today is arguably the most demanding for David, and yet it's the one that producer Tom Dalgety will later call the best drumming showcase on the album. Silver Bullet, which ends up sitting at the center of Beneath the Eerie, is the only number on which David played separately from the rest of the band. Pretty happy with what we've got now, Dave. But, uh, one more, one more. One in this more. Case. Bats, I'm onto birds of prey because I love birds of prey, and that's why bats fall in love. They're not birds of prey, but it's an interesting side of that, along with hummingbirds. So, not birds of prey, but I love hummingbirds. Right. But birds of prey are my main thing uh, hawks, eagles, owls, especially. And where I live now, it's just inundated with, with them everywhere kites, there'll be kestrels, you, you name it, they're everywhere. Uh, hawks. Uh, we have eagles. I actually have to yell, open my window sometimes at night or in the early morning, tell the owls to shut up because it's just they're going on and going on. There's so much of it. Back in the studio, David gets his wish to do one more take on Silver Bullet. Sounding great. Okay. I'm, I'm really happy. Okay, cool. You say more? Oh, it's more. I, um, RFI is another thing I search for. RFI is radio frequency interference. With my radios, I sometimes get a lot of interference, either by... Um, man, it's man-made, usually. It's all man-made things that can happen. It could be a plasma TV that's somewhere down the road. It could be a device, like a switching power supply that could go off that the culprit. I love finding that stuff. There's no more songs to Apart from maybe a couple of covers. So, covers? Whoa! Yeah. Yes. Maybe. Huh. Um, the last one is meteors. Meteors mm. and satellites. I love, I have all the, the, the telescopes, um, the, the 
the things on your phone that find it. I always look for the um, space stations or comets. The one that was recently around, I didn't see that one. But um, meteors too, watch for just, you know, watch for um, meteors in the sky. And I actually collect them. I bought them years ago. In fact, I bought a lot from Russia. They were the Sinkot Alin meteorite. They fell in 1948. Most, most meteorites you find, they come down, meteorite comes down and they <laughs> blows apart. This one came down, and it's, again, it's an iron-nickel meteorite. All, all meteorites are iron and nickel, the same as our core of the planet. Mm -hmm. This came down, and when it blew up, it was at such a speed that it fused its crust. Mm -hmm. So even though it broke apart, all these little pieces were fused. And if you look at it and, and hold it, it's just this beautiful... <sighs> David pauses only briefly in his delight before embarking on a longer description of this particular meteorite's finer points. And even though he listed meteors as the last of his hobbies, he's soon back around, talking of his childhood stamp collection, of the light display he built for a friend's car that replicated kit from the TV show Knight Rider, and the time he went metal detecting in Hawaii and came home with 21 wedding rings that likely slipped off the fingers of newlyweds in the cold water of the shores. Conversations with David evidently will go off in multiple directions. But they're a constant source of education for his fellow pixies as well as anyone else. It may be pure coincidence that one of the new songs is entitled Bird of Prey, but it is thanks to his eagle eye and his sighting of a hunting bird's nest in the woods by the studio that the finished album would be called Beneath the Eerie. Next week, it's a Pixies podcast, Episode 7. The story of the long rider, Los Surfers Muertos, and a profile of Paz L'Enchantin. Here we go, girls! Got something to say, man. Just want you to hear me out. She wiped out, and she was uh, riding a longboard. She passed away at County Line, at the surf spot. On a beach near Mexico... Paz is calling it. Calling it. Five minutes. <laughs> Paz is always right.